Talk Radio 1100. It's Chatterbox, where you'll find the latest news, interviews, and updates about the gaming world. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host, the guests, and callers only, and not necessarily those of KFNX News Talk Radio 1100. And now, here's your host for Chatterbox. The many hosts of Chatterbox this evening. It's a, an absolute full house. And there's one more coming soon. Uh, we got Alon and... We got Ara. And... Molly. And... Beastel! That's Danny B. Baranowski, for those who don't know the B. Yeah. Now, uh, Danny, we've had you in here before. What did we have you in the in the studio for last time you were here? Um, Cannibal. Cannibal. And this that time... That you did not know about when I came in. What do you mean I didn't know about? <laughs> I came in and got interviewed, and you're like, so what's this game that you were on that I don't know about? Yeah. Who are you? So, I have <laughs> to, I have to give you that on. line. So, so, listen, I'm trying to play Alpha Man. If I let you know how much of a fanboy I am behind the scenes, you would take control of the show, and I can't let that happen. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. So, so, so what's this meat something game? Super Meat Boy? <laughs> meat Grinder? Never heard of it. History repeating itself. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. It's, it's the greatest. Wait, so, so is a boy made of uh, meat? Yes, it's the greatest video game ever made by humans ever. Wait, okay. is it a, is it a boy made out of super meat, or is the meat boy super? It's kind of like the pirate ghost or ghost pirate thing. Yeah. Yeah, no one knows. <laughs> well, that's a fantastic question. Our show, for those who don't know, is live and has a phone number that you can call if you want to talk to the wonderful Molly. And, oh, hi. Uh, yeah, she's here <laughs> to yes. talk to. So if you want to talk to her or maybe someone else in the studio, 866-536-1100. Now, don't get confused if you're listening through iTunes or something. It is not live. Um, <laughs> can I tweet if, that number? But, if sure. you can somehow pause this, it is not live. Yeah, definitely tweet that noise. 866-536. It's right behind I'm, you, man, on paper. 1100. 1100. Right. Or it's Feel actually free? right there, too. Right. It's, a, it's actually strategically placed in any location your head may be pointing in the Oh, room. the King Colin has entered. So now we have a team of five, which is going to be great for uh, something we're going to do later in the show. So a lot has been going on in, in Gameland. Games are getting released because it's approaching the game season. And uh, we've also got political things going on um, in, you know, not just today, Election Day, but uh, like the Supreme Court stuff. We've got Danny in studio. This is going to be fantastic. Um, we've got about 10 minutes before the first break. Colin, just say hi. Get out of your system. Hi. There he is. I'm trying to strategically place the mic in between us so that we can both speak into it, and it's not really staying. Well, I guess this works, but... It's right. cast status. You should yeah. le- lean closer together. It's so cute. That is nice. I'll have to get a picture later. All right. Yet, yet another oh, awkward moment. Yeah. So we want to do the Supreme Court thing, but we need to wait till after the break. Okay, let's wait. I have another fun thing. Do we want to talk about the Meat Boys now? Uh, I think so. This this is we got a good eight minutes to go. The Meat Boys. <laughs> now it yeah. was Super Meat Boy the character. Was he developed sort of in the likeness of of anyone you know or any friends? Uh, Meat Boy. Uh, it's just Meat Boy in the game is Super Meat Boy. Um, he is a character created by Edmund McMillan, the guy who made the original Meat Boy and this one. Um, with uh, uh, what was his name? John McKenzie on the first one and Tommy Refnis on this one. Uh, Meat Boy is a boy without skin. He's not really like... Um, I, was, I heard Edmund was talking about it the other day, and it's not so much that he's like a chunk of beef. It's He's a boy without skin, and that's why his girlfriend is Bandage Girl. Because it's like the only thing in the world that wouldn't... that would be comfortable to him. I can I'm, see, I can I'm see sorry. why he thinks she's so attractive now. 
Yeah, I'm sorry, Edmund, if I'm misrepresenting it, but that's what I heard. So it's not like Aqua Teen Hunger Force meat. No. It's just... Okay. No, that, that makes sense. I'm happy to hear that. So uh, for those who don't know, Danny uh, is a music creator. But Yeah, I don't know what title you like to give yourself, so I'm just going vague. Uh, uh, did music for Cannibal, which was a big hit. Everyone loved music. Uh, people even liked the game. Then he goes on to work on, on this uh, Super Meat Boy track. He's starting to sell. I'm holding a track in my hand, but it's not the soundtrack to Super Meat Boy. Uh, but you have started selling Super Meat Boy online, and um, I hear that has been very successful as well. Meatboymusic.com. Yeah. Yep. And now, it, hmm? to our luck, you actually live in the area and are um, interesting enough to be on the show more than once. So that's good. So what do you want to tell us before we go on to interview you just about Super Meat Boy? What, um, should, what should our listeners know? Oh, um, I was mostly naked when I wrote most of the music. <laughs> That's the key insight that we're mostly. Here. This is actually very common amongst game developers. Very few people understand this. I do wear pink rhinestone studded uh, wife beaters. That is not common among game developers. On my head, but it should okay. be. Nothing else. All right. Well, that's fantastic. Um, we talked about Super Meat Boy last week. Colin, have you played it? Well, I did play. It, yes, Danny. I had a question for you though. Would you qualify your music as chip tune? That is the question, isn't it? Um, so oh. it's it's. I mean, I think it's kind of irrelevant to get into like this whole debate over what is legitimate chiptune and what is not. Um, I mean, I guess in a very strict definition, you could say that chiptune music is only music created by hardware from that era that is created with that um, equipment and recorded. Um, all the I, I would say that the retro level tracks that I did for Super Meat Boy, I would call them chip tunes, but I didn't make them with the actual hardware. Yeah. I made them with samples. Um, you know, it's it's I was I was joking around on like Twitter and, and Facebook and stuff around it, and I guess some people um, either I it wasn't clear enough to me, or I uh, um, I wasn't clear enough, or, or they didn't get it, whatever. But I wasn't actually angry. It, I just think it's funny. Um, <laughs> so. Not um, all of our wait, listeners know about this battle. That wait, why would, wait, why would you be angry? <laughs> because I'm a very angry person. and um, So I think we're, we're losing losing the audience. But what, was there some sort of fight that you had no, on Twitter? No, just, just a, a couple of people didn't. Um, I mean, it, it was not a big deal. Just, you know, it, it's... It, Someone a said you're a thing. mad chiptune master and you said, no, I don't no. do chiptunes. Well, the thing is, here, here's my thing. And I actually, but before any of that even started, like, I, I actually did an interview the day before where I think I said, um, the main thing for me is that I'm kind of uncomfortable receiving recognition for being a chiptune artist when there are actual real chiptune artists out there that do it way better than I do. Um, like, one of the guys who did a remix for me for the digital release. Uh, named Inverse Phase, did this really cool mix of the Chapter 1 and 2 boss themes in real chiptune, like actual limited voices and all the hardware constraints and very authentic and everything. And I think that's... We're talking like break out the old Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, he used a tracker, which is like a computer version of it, like an emulator. Um, So, yeah, it's like I'm not not gung-ho that, you know, everyone has to use the same terminology or whatever, but I just, I think those people need to be recognized for what they do because it's a very specific craft, I think, making authentic chiptunes, which I would never say that I'm a th- <laughs> my chiptunes are authentic. That would not be the word. <laughs> so you just create music that's sort of in the style of... Amazing music. In the key oh. of chiptune. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I would say it's a chiptune because it uses the right sounds, but I don't... I didn't follow any of the rules of, oh, only this many voices can be playing at one time and these are all the correct... Um, Samples and everything. 
So So would uh composing a song via Mario Paint count as a chip tune? Oh yeah. Have you ever done that? It'd really? be a paint it'd be a paint tune. A paint tune. <laughs> <laughs> With the mouse and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean I think the name comes from back in the day when, when you know, you were playing the sounds directly off of the chip, like using the Game Boy. Yeah. Or like Atari or yeah, something. Like I mean, certainly the a lot of the Super Meat Boy soundtrack is lifted from my experience listening to video game music as a kid. And so there's a lot of influence there and it, and it certainly came out because it was like, well, this is this old school platformer with all these influences from all these old games, so it makes sense that the music would be similar. So yeah, like most of the music in there totally chiptune influenced. I mean, there's there's actual real recorded guitar. There's modern new synths and 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 drum machines and all that kind of stuff. So it's not I mean, the technology a lot of that stuff could not have been made back then because the technology didn't exist yet. But it's just part of what makes me uh, think it's kind of funny is that like the last half of Super Meat Boy, or not half, but the, the last part of Super Meat Boy is like orchestral music, entirely orchestral. And so it's like when people just call it a chiptune soundtrack, it's just kind of funny to me because I'm like, yeah, those are, you know, it's like, I don't think they got that far maybe. Um, or maybe they just don't, it, maybe it like doesn't register to them that like, I, I don't know what it is. It's just, I mean... It's the it's the insta pigeonholing that uh, people are wanting. Yeah, to do. which which is fine. I don't demand that you know you, you must if you're going to talk about what I do, you must use the correct terminology. I don't. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I I for one don't don't care at all, and I did not know of, about this fight well, or anger that that existed. The more you know, my friend. Yeah. So how can people contact you on the twitters? At Danny B Style. Danny B Style. Style is Danny B. Okay. No, that's good. I have a question. What's up, girl? <laughs> I did call myself a lass about six months ago, so... He does not. I he hasn't gotten over that. <laughs> I like where this is going. Yeah, right. Um, all right, so this is going to be, like, totally open-ended, but um, what do you think was the, the most challenging or difficult thing for you when you were working on this project? And you can interpret that however that you feel. Wow. Um, I guess... Uh, maybe it's a cop and answer, but just getting it done. There's, I I really thought like I, I'd been playing Build the Super Meat Boy from you know almost a year ago, and it's I always thought it was it was some. I think it's a great game. I think it's amazing. Um, I'm definitely biased, but I I I, I always thought it was going to be something like special, and I think it is. Um, and a lot of time, it was just, it was really, I don't know about hard, but I guess the most challenging thing was like writing music in this entire time, being pressured to like make stuff that would be up to the standards of the game. Because I, I, I thought it was going to be just this huge thing, and, and I didn't, you know, I didn't want to do anything half but butted. I'm trying to watch my language. You can say half assed. Okay, half assed. You can um, even say whole assed. But yes. not, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but not quarter ass. Not the other way around. Not yeah, the other not way the other around. Way. Okay, that makes tons of sense. But um, yeah, so you know, I, I just it so it's kind of like that that pressure of it, it's got to live up to it. So I don't know. It's I mean, it's, I make music. It's what I do. It's so you know, getting stuff done isn't that difficult. But there is just that pressure and that you know fear that you're gonna be the one part of the game that's not as good as it could be. So right. so how much did you when you when you were you know composing the various tracks, how much did the actual 
look, feel, what mechanics of the game, any of those elements feed into how you directed your own your own creativity or work? Completely. It's it's like one of the one of the things I place the most importance on when I try to write music for a game is making the music match the gameplay. And it's this really weird kind of abstract concept um, right. Cause, that because mechanics are abstract essentially in, yeah, in a lot of ways. I mean, because you know, I came from from doing film scores, and it's it's almost easier to do it there because it's like, oh, this part has to be kind of sad because you know, Billy just his dog just died in a fire right, or right. something. And uh, but with games, it's like, you know, like the 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 example that always comes to my mind is what was Tommy Tallarico thinking when he wrote the music for Earthworm Jim? How do you how do you write music about a worm in a suit with a laser gun, you know? And it's it's kind of like the same thing, like okay, Meat Boy, whatever. So it's just it was kind of this whole take this old impression I had of all the music I heard as a kid in video games and just kind of make it new and fresh if I can. Um, but I mean, you'll notice a lot of the um, as it got to like the, the the later chapters in the game, it, the thing the it was all about being epic. So I'm like, okay, well, just, you know, it just, and, um, you know, ramp it up at the end, make it more and more huge and bombastic and everything. And then, you know, in the, in the hell levels, it was just metal is F word. Did, metal did you is get F feedback word. from the developers saying, yeah. can you make it more like this or less, you know, this, um, this direction? Um, yeah, but I, they gave me a lot of room. They gave me a lot of uh, leeway to kind of do what I want, which is, which is cool. Um, a lot, of, and sometimes you don't get that, and sometimes that's not a good thing. Um, in this case, I, I think it kind of was. But like, I mean, if if you play through the game, you see like the the forest music, the very first music you hear. Like, I just wanted it to sound like the first level music of a game. You know, like we all have enough experience with video games to know what first level music sounds like. Like, it's it's this weird unwritten rule. But like, if you play any game. Like, if the music for the first level, I'm talking kind of specifically just, like, platformers, just, like, older school. Because, like, obviously Half-Life 2 doesn't fit the same right. kind of rules. But, like, you know, when, when you load up the forest music, it just, to me, I just, I tried to make it sound like that, you know, hey, you're in a game and we're having fun, doop 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 <laughs> And then, you know, the hospital music just had to be creepy, and then the factory music had to be all techno. And, and the know. bumper music, meaning we're at the end of the show session. We'll be right back, folks.
Yes, we are back. Now we're totally back. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. The second second round. Second round of four. Should, should we call this level two? This is level two. And a- we're, we're joined by Danny, Danny Baranowski. Boom! Boom. Composer extraordinaire. And like, like I said in the first, first level of the show, yeah. we should just refer to it that way from now on. Okay. Um, we've, we've got a full house today. And, and luckily, there's this thing that we can do so we can all be interactive. So we're kind of like an Xbox Live Arcade game. We only have four levels. Uh, yeah. Just like that. Yeah. So um, there was this, this thing that happened today. There was a whole session in like the Supreme Court something talking about... Yeah. Games so, in California. So to be just slightly more specific, right? The the hearing for the um, possibly uh, actually, um, I guess like re-overturning this law that uh, California wants to put on the books about restricting um, access to purchasing video games by minors. California is, basically wants to turn violent video games into like give it the same uh, level of purchase rights as porn. Like if you're a kid, yeah. you can't buy it. Which what they haven't according to the little research I've done, they're not saying that you can't have it or you can't play it as a kid. You just can't buy it. Whereas porn, you're actually not allowed to look at right. as a kid. So it is a little You're bit not even allowed respect. to look at it? Porn is, is actually, yeah, I don't think... I'm allowed to look at I it. I looked at it when I was a kid. What yeah. Is, well, see, the thing is... Like, I made near, it when I was a kid. Near the end of my tenure at uh, GameStop... They were actually getting really, really strict on the whole showing your ID when you purchase a game. They, I mean, they were even doing it for games that were rated T. They wanted to see IDs from kids to assure that they were over 13 yeah, years when, old. When to I was buy 13, this. I totally had an ID. Yeah. Um, but well, I mean, I think they were taking like school IDs or something like that. Like looking at the grade you were in, I guess seventh grade and up, you you can get this game or something. But still, it's so if you're really dumb and stay back <laughs> a few years and you're 14, you're screwed. Too bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Um, anyway, this this bill is just trying to make it so that kids can't buy the games themselves. They have to get a bum to buy it for them or their parents. Yeah, it's all right. about the children. There's no ulterior motives whatsoever. Yeah. But this, this, by the way, my question is like, okay, so. Johnny A uh, buys the game and, or gets the game from his parents or whatever, brings it over to Johnny B's house, and his, that, that never Johnny, happens. Johnny B's parents would not buy it for Johnny B, but Johnny A's parents did. So now he shows it to him. Uh, is that okay? Yeah. You know, well, so it's, it's kind of like kind of comparing it to porn again. I mean, like the dad gives Johnny A his hustler magazines, but and the then Johnny is that, A that gives porn his... is actually not allowed for the children. Regardless of yeah. how you get it. Yeah, if you look at the porn, if you're a kid, then a police officer will come out of nowhere and tase you. So Just like, <laughs> there there are states, uh, namely the one that I grew up in, New Hampshire, where, and I don't, I don't know if the law's changed since then, whatever, but like, it was not okay for me as a kid to buy cigarettes, but there was no law against me smoking a cigarette. So I could be smoking in front of cops wherever I wanted, like, presumably outside where it wasn't illegal or something back in the day. No problem smoking, not that I ever did. Uh, but I just couldn't buy them. Uh, so that's what this is. This is analogous to yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. Well, if we use smoking as an example, like how many kids smoke nowadays? And like being around the dorms and stuff like that, there's kids who are under 18 and they're smoking and the cops aren't going to do anything about it. There's no. Well, like, I don't real... even know what the law is in Arizona. Yeah. Well, if there I is a law, I don't think it's really possible for it to be enforceable, like yeah. 100% of the time. This uh, one is the, just the beautiful chicanery yeah. of our legal so system. So then, could, could GameStop give away an M rated game to a kid? Huh? Well, GameStop's never going to do that, though. No, but but let's say let's say I decide to make a statement, just make make a you know a, a point about the law. I buy ten copies of the game and I hand it out for free to a bunch of people in front of GameStop, a bunch of kids, I mean, 
you know, totally legal. Uh, so that would be good. We should actually stage that. We should go to if the passes. Sure. Uh, you do that, and I'll watch. Yeah, that would be <laughs> hilarious. We should hand out, like, Night Trap. Like, just yes. like, all retro and ironic about it. <laughs> no, hey, yeah. kids, play this game. If you can't see, I'm doing air quotes. So, uh, Bunny ears. One of the, the interesting parts about this, though, is is how things are being decided. Like, they're, they're making the point that uh, this law is only... Like, there's certain tests that it has to pass in order to, to be a game that is not allowed. And the only game they actually name in this whole hearing is Postal 2. Now, I don't know what parts of Postal 2 makes it totally disallowed, but specifically there's, like, maiming of human beings. Yeah, there's, like, yeah. a little girl who gets beat by a Also, by the way, well, this, yeah. this game is seven years old. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that um, kind of like um, pigeonholing the entire film industry when Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out? Just Like, just with that bit. one film? Just a little bit. Like, it, like why, why, I mean... I'm blown away every time how these supposedly incredibly intelligent people can't see basic historical precedents in these things. Well, well, the fact that they have to go to a game that is seven years old, I think, is quite meaningful. <laughs> and Postal, like, just talk to the Running With Scissors guys. Like, their whole point of making, like, Postal is to say, hey, look, we, we can do this. Like, they are all their... The only reason they... Postal 2 sucked. Yeah, sorry. It's, like, it's, it's the shock it was, fun, it was awesome to throw, world. like, diseased heads at people, but, right. like, it didn't... I mean, it wasn't, like good to, it didn't advance video games really yeah no i'm with you um but with what's, me what's interesting is that they may not be able to make a game like that in the in the near future if all these if well, laws like well, this continue to get passed it, no, I, I don't i don't think it can get to the point where they won't be able to make it there might be restrictions well, they won't be able to actually it. have an audience Who, does postal have an audience anyway <laughs> really yeah <laughs> the fact that we've heard about it I think. Does, does anyone know if that game like make mon- made money I was that idea. a profitable product I, to be honest i have never heard of that game before postal so. Two. Yeah, Postal 2. Two, the sequel. Yeah, I was not all aware know, that there was even a first game. So All I know is that if you make an interactive product where you can light somebody on fire and then pee on them to put them out, you deserve money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I actually am not so opposed to this law. I don't care about stopping him from buying it because as long as we don't say that they're not allowed to play it, that's that's my issue. But I have no problem with someone saying yeah. a yeah. game that is but, rated mature shouldn't be given to the kids I without do. their parents saying it's okay. Absolutely agree. But yeah, like, I, I agree with not giving it to children, but just like the law, like the argument used for film, which is the same thing as this, is like if it gets classified as pornography, then there's... Well, the, the porn thing is different because then it's it's totally unaccessible and it's hidden behind so, curtains and stuff like that. That I would just, be the same argument, though. That was what they would, that's what their plan was to do. Well, no, I'm actually making it more analogous to cigarettes where you can go out and see them. You can go but, to your little store. Well, and, it, yeah, it's also not a, a valid uh, comparison because there is no porn that is okay for kids. There are games that are okay for kids. Wait, wait. That's, yeah. a, that's a separate so, argument. I have no problem with giving porn to so, kids either. It's just illegal. <laughs> the Little Mermaid's okay wow, for kids. Wow, remind me never let you to babysit my kids. I would much rather my kids see sex than a head exploding. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Some, some, really some porn has both. Hey, when I was little kid, <laughs> I was very excited about The Little Mermaid. Yeah. And Go this on. Okay. It's Go illegal, on. so I can't do it. But I'm saying that I personally don't have an issue with it, and I wouldn't have an issue well, with a kid playing the violent game but as long as I know the kid and that he can handle it. Word. Right. <laughs> I, I was going to go to a point, but music's playing in my well, ear. But when we get back, we're going to reenact part of this hearing. So, everybody ready for that? Yeah. Heck yeah. Go team. We'll be right back. Hey, it's me, Mario. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one! 
Now, we have a caller, but we promised we were going to do this, so we got to do this before that. This could very well take up the entire segment or third level of the show. Um, like we said, today there was this thing that happened, uh, presumably in California, um, about the violent video games. So, uh, like the great theater troupe that we are, we'll be reenacting this. Um, there's six players. There are five of us, so I think Colin's going to be two people. What, what? Right. Uh, so this is just, we're just reading what's on Kotaku. So for those people who haven't gone to the Kotaku thing and read through it, this might be interesting to you. You can uh, read along with us at home. All right. And this is going to take a while. So let's let's start. I am uh, California Deputy Attorney General Zachary Morazzini. Um, and these are my my oral arguments, I guess. <clears throat> wait, wait, wait. Oral. <laughs> oral. And I'm going to be Scalia. Yeah. And then I'm, everybody else will have bit parts. I'm going to be grilling you. Okay. That's good. By the way, I want to point out, uh, my wife is in law school right now, and lawyers and judges, who are the people who teach the law students, total D-bags. There goes her chance for law school. <laughs> like, they're, they're, <laughs> they're all... They're listening right now. They're, I'm just, no, I'm, this is all all teachers of law. Like, they are intentionally a-holes to try and get you ready for being in the courtroom where judges are notorious a-holes. They are just very... And it comes out here. So, here we go. The California law at issue today before this court differs from the New York law at issue in Ginsburg in only one respect, where New York was concerned with minors' access to harmful sexual material outside the guidance of a parent. California is no less concerned with a minor's access to the deviant level of violence that is presented in a certain category of video games that can be no less harmful to the development of minors. <laughs> when this court in Ginsburg, by the way, Ginsburg does not refer to the judge Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. When this court in Ginsburg crafted a rule of law that permits states to regulate a minor's access to such material outside the presence of a parent, it did so for two fundamental reasons that are equally applicable this morning in this case. First, this rule permits parents' claims to authority in their own household to direct the upbringing and development of their children. And secondly, this rule promotes the state's independent interest in helping parents protect the well-being of children in those instances when parents cannot be present. So this morning... California asks this court to adopt a rule of law that permits states to restrict minors' ability to purchase deviant, violent video games that the legislature has determined can be harmful to the development. What's a deviant? A deviant, violent video game as opposed to what? A normal, violent video game? Yes, Your Honor. Deviant would be departing from established norms. There are established norms of violence? Well, I I think if we look back, some of the Grimm's fairy tales are quite grim, to tell you the truth. Agreed, Your Honor, but the level of violence... Are they okay? Are you going to ban them, too? <laughs> Not at all, Your Honor. What's the difference, honey child? I mean, if you are supposing a category of violent material is dangerous to children, then how do you cut it off video games? Hmm? How about films? What about comic books? Grimm's fairy tales? Huh? Why are video games special, honey? Or does your principle extend to all of deviant, violent material in whatever form, my baby boy? No, no, Your Honor. That's why I believe California incorporated the three prongs of the Miller Standard. So it, it's not just deviant violence. It's not just patently offensive violence. It's violence that meets all three of the terms set forth. And I think that misses Justice Ginsburg's point, question, which is, why just video games? Why not movies? For example, as well. Sure, Your Honor. The California legislature was presented with substantial evidence that demonstrates that the interactive nature of violent uh, of violent video games, where the minor or the young adult is the aggressor, is the is the individual acting out this uh, this level of violence, if you will, is especially harmful to minors. It Sup- suppose a new study suggested that movies were just as violent and presumably 
California can regulate movies just as they can regulate video games. Well, Your Honor, there is scientific literature out there regarding the impact of violent vid- uh, media on children. In fact, for decades, the president, Congress, the FTC, parenting groups have been uniquely concerned with the level of violent media available to minors that they have ready access to. I don't think is that answering Justice Kagan's question. One of the studies, the Anderson study, says that the effect of violence is the same for a Bugs Bunny episode as it is for a violent video. So can the legislature now, because it has that study, say we can outlaw Bugs Bunny? No. There are people who would say that a cartoon has very little social value. It's entertainment, but not much else. This is entertainment. I'm not suggesting that I like this video, the one at issue that you provided the five-minute clip about. To me, it's not entertaining, but that's not the point. To some, it may well be. Justice Sotomayor, cartoons do not depart from the established norms to a level of violence to which children have been historically exposed. True that, sweet buns. So I could could go out and do this all day. You know what's funny about that last statement? If the the justices were more uh, savvy with the um, hip and young stuff these days, they could probably find about a million examples of cartoons that deviate from uh, established norms. Well, Well, itchy and scratchy, part of the same thing. Yeah, I mean, like, if you look at any old Tom and Jerry cartoon where the mouse and the cat are beating the crap out of each other and, like, skinning themselves alive, yeah, it's... And were there some, like, blatantly racist cartoons in World War II from Bugs Bunny? What bums me out here, I... I think we may have actually selected the the less interesting uh, excerpt, but um, there were some where they were just the judges. And in this part, you could see the judges are like, "Well, what about Bugs Bunny? Well, what about movies?" Right? You, you, know, just, what, you know, what I thought was funny is that they the judge the, all the all the justices have like total control, right? So they they could interrupt the lawyer at any point of time without any recourse whatsoever, right? So like this this whole tract, he's just getting interrupted left and right. He can't even complete a thought one way or the other. There's there's a part here um, where one of the, the justices says, so would a video game that portrayed a Vulcan as opposed to a human being being maimed and tortured, would that be covered by the act? See, this is the thing, this is the part, this is the crux of my problem with, with this law, with the wording of this law, is because it's so vague. You can, any kind of depiction of a human, right, you can create any, between like, okay, like let's say like Hello Kitty, right? You got Hello Kitty on one side, you got like Danny B on the other side, right? What's up? <laughs> All right, they're actually so, very similar. Those so two you very. can you can find without I'm hotter without this is true without even trying. You th- if you just look at the body of video games that exist, the body. Yes, you can <laughs> you can find every single piece in between of those two extremes, and it's completely unclear. Like at what point do you draw the line where how do you define something? This is my problem. This is the, all the definitions. How do you define? What is realistic enough, right? Because like they were talking in the Supreme Court hearing, right? You can just put like a little, I don't know, like a long ear on someone, right? Who's total human otherwise. And now he's not a human and now this is okay. Yeah. Because right. I, I, I just want to do more of this. I want to get back <laughs> to this role playing. I just, I just wanted to say that in Germany, they have to change everyone that dies to a zombie or they have to have green blood. You can't have red blood in a video game. Yeah, in Germany. I, I think it's really interesting that like they're focusing so much on this whole defining, you know, what... You know, is human violence okay, but Vulcan is not, or whatever. And when really, like, the crux of this entire argument, what it hinges on, is why... And, and like, the the big problem with this law is why does video games... Why do video games have to be specifically legis- legislated for themselves? Like, right. they, they, until they establish that video games are part of the canon of all entertainment, which 
I mean, we've accepted that for for years, but like I guess old crusty people still don't get it. I think it's because with video games, I mean, like you control what goes on in the game, and, and that's so, actually specifically so, discussed in the text. Yeah. yeah, but that's it's so arbitrary though. I, I mean, and I did read that too. It's so completely arbitrary that the element of interactivity, which also is the whole the reason why Roger Ebert doesn't think that they're art, like it's it's so arbitrary to say, oh, because there's some player input. I mean, yeah. it's like it's like saying a choose your own adventure yeah. book is different from it's, a regular I mean, book it, it also, because you can choose to go back in time or you know right, dance so, with the bunnies. So humor me here, guys. Skip down to the part that says, "And now for some Mortal Kombat." We got to do this one too because it's really the good one. Can we all find it? Uh, Friendship. Uh, it starts off with Kagan. Hold on. Is it the one right underneath it? Um, it might be. It's the one that says, "And now for some no. Mortal Kombat." Kagan. Kagan. <laughs> Oh. Have you found it? Uh, Is that where it says, and now for some Mortal Kombat? Should I teach you yeah. how to use your, your scroll pad? K- shall I teach you how to use the find feature? Got it. Okay. We got it. And so it starts with Kagan. Kagan, go. <laughs> you think Mortal Kombat is prohibited by the statute? I believe it's a candidate, Your Honor, but I haven't played the game uh, and been exposed to it sufficiently to judge for myself. It's a candidate, meaning, yes, a reasonable jury could find that Mortal Kombat, which is an iconic game, which I am sure half of the clerks who work for us spend considerable amounts of time playing in their adolescence. I don't know what she's talking about. Justice Kagan, by candidate, I meant that the video game industry should look at it, should take a long look at it. Uh, But I don't know off the top of my head. I'm willing to state right here in open court that the video game Postal 2, yes, would be covered by this act. I'm willing to guess that games we described in our brief, such as Mad World, would be covered by this act. I think the video game industry... Would a video game that portrayed a Vulcan as opposed to a human being being maimed and tortured, would that be covered by the act? No, it wouldn't, Your Honor, because the act is only directed towards the range of options that are able to be inflicted on a human being. So if the video producer says, this is not a human being, it's an Android computer simulated person, then all they have to do is put a little artificial feature on the creature, and they could sell the video game? Under the act, yes, because California's concern, I think this is one of the reasons that sex and violence are so similar, these are base physical acts we're talking about, Justice Sotomayor. Limiting, narrowing our law here in California, their law... They're in California to violence, uh, violent depictions against human beings. So what happens when the character gets maimed, head chopped off, and immediately after it happens, they spring back to life and they continue their battle? Is that covered by your act? Because they haven't been maimed and killed forever, just temporarily. I would think so. The intent of the law is to limit minors' access to those games. So, Am I the only one, re- when you read that, I just not your voice, but the content, just hear... Durp, 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 durp. <laughs> you think of those things from Sesame Street? I appreciate your criticism of, of my acting. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, uh, I wasn't doing it that way, but if you want to take it that way, cool. Yeah, I don't like you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just, I, I think... The most entertaining oh. part here is how really bitchy the judges are. <laughs> yeah. And what they, they say are. is... They're, they're and playing. what's Scalia doing this whole time? Like, <laughs> what's going on here, well, guys? <laughs> what they mentioned earlier in a part that we didn't we didn't mention or we didn't go over is like they want to make it clear for the producers of games how to handle these. Like they have to be able to decide if their game is going to be subject to this act or not. And there's a part where they're like, "Well, a jury would know." And he's like, "Well, you know, producers don't have access to a jury. What are they going to do? Just hire a jury to figure out whether or not they should?" Um, and so they a law like this has to be very very clear, and they're giving him hell to be like. Well, what about a Vulcan who looks exactly human, just with a pointy ear? Like, does that make the difference? Yeah, what if it's like an AI, artificial intelligence type of looking, like, 
exactly yeah, looking this, like a human, but they're an android, and when they get their head, you know, chopped off, it's just sparks flying instead of blood. This happens, though. This yeah. happens in Germany. They do that. No, yeah. you're right. Even and Turok Dinosaur Hunter is an example I've used in the past. They changed all the human beings who fight you what to if, literal robots. You would steal, like, steal robots running after you. What about Lieutenant Commander Data, who was similar to a human and endeavored to be one? Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, I could be I a Supreme Court justice. Before we go to break, this sort of discussion <laughs> is the type of discussion you may be able to have if you attended the University of Advancing Technology. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sort of thing you might do there. So go to uat.edu to learn about the programs we have. We'll be right back. That's right. You've reached the final fourth level of Chatterbox. Video game It's just about boss time. I'm going to destroy all of you with eyes emitting from my lasers. All right. So I want to remind our listeners that they can go into the chat room and chat with us more often, actually, when Colin is here, because I usually forget to go into the chat room. But we're there now. Intern Colin. Apparently they're discussing Custer's Revenge, thinking that is a great game. But it started off by saying, Custard's Revenge? Custard's Revenge. I want to give a shout out to... Ironically fitting. That should be the sequel. I want to give a shout out to whoever has the username Molly for Seabox Prez. You're oh, awesome. You're in big trouble now. <laughs> Everybody knows a woman can't be president. <laughs> yeah. This is not a democracy. This is a dictatorship. So, sorry. Um, anyway, uh, earlier I said we've got a call. So, Scott, uh, long-time listener. Uh, I know... I know. Uh, First-time caller? Been on the show before. Scott. No. Thank you for being patient with us, Scott. Scott, you're on the air. So, if this is the uh, fourth level, that would be the end boss, or no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Depends how hard you are. You're the big boss, actually. You're the end boss. You're going to challenge us with your end boss-like challenging All right, us. so are you calling to talk to Molly, or to talk about uh, the politics that we just went over? No, I should talk about the politics. Uh, sorry, Molly, but... Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so kidding. you guys basically took up a lot of what I was going to say, unfortunately, but uh, it, the problem with... We're in your we head, dude. We're cases, in your head. Yeah. We have these... Well, it's actually kind of it obvious point but um but the problem is when we have these um laws come into effect or try to get into effect in this case um it's just where do they stop right um are you suggesting it's a slippery slope (gasps) well go figure um i'll give you kind of a kind of a bad example um porn was regulated of course porn's outlawed Mm. um and it was used as a precedent to um in this case, for violent video games in this trial. Um, why is technically porn outlawed? We don't really care, but we're used to it. And since we're used to it now, we're able to lump other things in with it. And maybe if we ban violent video games, maybe we can lump other stuff in with it as well. Um, and it's funny, because, I mean, we've like seen what, this thing happen. What are, you, what are you worried about also being lumped in with video games? Well, I mean, for example, interactivity, as we all said earlier, is... I mean, that's what they're playing to now, but they may forget that they use that as the distinction in the future and say, well, it's just a violent media, so um, maybe let's lump movies back into it. I doubt it because people are used to movies, so it's going to be harder for them to do that. But, I mean, let's say we have another medium in the future. Um, even looking back, we used to have uh, comic books um, have that massive, massive trial where uh, I think it's Billy, oh, Bill Gaines, the guy who made Men Magazine actually went on trial several times um, defending his 
uh, in one case, Halloween edition, where um, they had the severed head on the uh, front of the cover, and in the trial, they were saying, is this not, like, um, I wish I had the quote with me, but is this not... Um, don't, don't worry about it, Scott. Here's my fatal. question for you. You're, you're yeah. Canadian. So yep. I'm now, out of here. <laughs> are you are you actually fearful that um, this this American law could end up affecting you somehow? Well, yeah. I mean, part of this is part of the reason why it's happening now is because of a lot of the in America is from a lot of stuff that happened in Australia and Germany just recently, right? Where uh, they were all starting to ban violent video games. And I mean, sure, election season. There's a big part of it there, but. Just because something happens in one country doesn't mean it's not going to spread in their country, especially countries as close geographically and ideologically as, in the most part, So US basically, Canada. you're agreeing that Canada is simply America's sloppy seconds. <laughs> um, if that would be admitting that U.S. is Australia and Germany's sloppy seconds, but uh, I'll leave you to... Uh, well, you're just saying uh, whatever happens in America is going to then happen in Canada. No, I didn't say that. I said but that's set a precedent, right? Like Germany and Australia set a precedent for the United States. Um, this conversation is it, getting pornographic. Yeah. We've just lost yeah, our entire it, it, Canadian audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's only Scott. <laughs> I, think, I, I think pornographic actually is a bit uh, different because it would have already been done like two minutes in. But uh, <laughs> I just realized kind of you're, you're Canadian and your name is Scott. Is your last name Pilgrim? <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> and I don't live in Toronto either. There's oh. uh, cities around here. All right, so basically you don't like this law. You don't like the idea of the law or the discussion of the law. And I, I don't even think it actually makes a big difference because, I mean, a lot of times when they say we have studies to prove this, we have studies to prove this, what they're talking about is they take violent kids, examine their access to violent media, and says, oh, the ones with higher uh, violence has more access to violent media. It says, but really all that statistics says is that kids who like violent tendencies like violent media. All right, well, um, Scott, let me just ask you one thing. Backwards. Why do you hate freedom? <laughs> um, I believe in this case freedom would be not banning uh, violent video games. Okay, so but I why like do you hate freedom. liberty? <laughs> <laughs> I believe that would be the same in this case as well. You Dan, lost me. Danny is wait, 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 I'm wait, lost. Wait. I have another question. Hey, uh, Scott, do you, yes? do you lock your doors of your house? Yes. Like when you're like when you're inside. He's too? afraid he's being cornered. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You've been cornered right, the whole time. <laughs> Me? No, I've just been making fun. I was I was told right. once that locking doors was a very American thing and um, not the locking. Yeah, I heard the that doors. too. That's it's stupid. A very Canadian I, thing. I don't lock my doors. All right. <laughs> my address you, is in your neighborhood, Danny. When you potentially <laughs> have a stalker, you lock both deadbolts. <laughs> yeah. What she doesn't your know. Your stalkers happening. bring you food. <laughs> yeah. Really? They sound like the best stalkers if I stalk, ever. If I had a stalker that brought me food, I'd be married right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Scott. You'd be hey. conscious of anyone's in this food, but uh, Scott, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, no problem. And if anyone was calling in the future, 866-536-1100. Clearly, uh, although he doesn't like the idea of the law hitting the books, he did love our recreation of the courtroom. And I'm happy to know that Scott is such a big fan of, of that. Okay, so I, I'd like to make one final point about this whole ordeal. Okay. Um, so they've referred to this this three-pronged 
uh, series of criteria to determine what is... The Miller test? The Miller test, yes, indeed. Does that, it involve no. beer? No, it's not that Right when you said that, I imagined, like, giant inflatable beer paraphernalia. Does imagine, it taste great, or is it less filling? I just kind of imagine, either, like, but, how many Millers no, can you drink before you throw up? It's, it's, it's not a beer test. It's not, it's not a food challenge or anything like that. Um, but I think that this is the crux of why this is so crappy. Um, so I just want to give a brief exposition on to show you guys just how vague these uh, these 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 requirements are, right? So there's three prongs. So basically, these three prongs, right? Each of these, all of them, have to be satisfied in order for a, a video game under this law to be declared as, um, you know, you, the kids can't buy it, right? So condition one is a reasonable person. Okay, who is a reasonable person? Me. Can, Considering the game as a whole would find it appeals to a deviant, what is deviant, or morbid, what is morbid, mm. interest of minors. Okay? That's one problem. Two, it is patently offensive, what is offensive, to prevailing standards, what are these prevailing standards, in the community as to what is suitable for minors. And three, it causes the game as a whole to lack serious literary, what's serious? Artistic, political, or scientific value for minors. So all of these adjectives in here, I challenge anybody to define them unequivocally. Well, you use so laws, many multisyllabic words that I'm just lost. Yeah, I'm I'm on a roll. Here. In truth, a lot of laws are written that way, and it's accepted that like there there is a, a societal standard, and, and that's this, not so crazy. This is although no, those were a bit loose. This is crapola, man. Well, you would also think that the American justice system in general is crapola. And hey, buddy. That's the one we're living in. Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> it is America. America. All right. I have to hear this stuff every day. Every day. About new <laughs> laws or cases or whatever. Yeah. And it gets a little bit crazy. This this isn't that wild. But the simple idea that we mentioned earlier about Walla Vulcan, who's basically a human. With pointy ears. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, well, that's uh, There not are okay. obviously more biological differences if you knew anything about Vulcans. The eyebrows. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I know I'm how to spent. kill a conversation. I'm good yeah. at that. It's, Thank you. It's usually me on on Golgatron, the the, the Golgacast. I just it I took over the awkward hold. silence mantle from you. And that's you. Know, I'm I'm okay no, The with correct response was silence. Just right. so you know. Okay. Well, we have a couple minutes left, so I'm going to take the time to remind everyone to go to uat.edu to learn about the programs they have there, so you can have intel- intelligent discussions like we did today. Danny B. Uh, you made some music for a little game called Super Meat Boy. I did. Which is available right now. Meatboymusic.com. Now, making the game, or buying the game, awesome. Buying the soundtrack. Better. Awesomest. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, awesome. now where can, awesome. we, where can we get that soundtrack if we want to pay for it? Meatboymusic.com. Meatboymusic.com. You, sir, have, have all the rights to that music. Yes, That's sir. That's just, just amazing. So and you can just give it to all of our fans. Edmund McMillan and Tommy Refinis are my generous benefactors. Yeah. So everyone go to meatboymusic.com. Also go on Xbox Live and get Super Meat Boy. And in the near future, go get it in other places like on the PC. Hooray! Yay! All it's right. a great game. It's coming on Wii eventually too, right? Hopefully. Maybe. It's going to suck Super on the Wii probably. <laughs> Supermeatboy.com. <laughs> you can't answer that. Just, uh, just I, I didn't make music. Derp, derp. All right. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you for listening. We'll be back. American adjectives. Good night, everyone. Bye.
listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.